This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where winter has gone on vacation. It's been so muggy here, people are using the AC just to keep the humidity at bay. A controversial bill requiring parental consent for minors to obtain an abortion clears another committee, but just barely. A bill to legalize the sale of fireworks on national holidays clears the Rules Committee in the State Senate, but not Memorial Day. We'll tell you why. Good news if you like to slather on the sunscreen but not read the label. A bill preempting the right of local governments to ban certain types of sunscreen is ready for the Senate floor. The governor's announced a deal to buy a 20,000-acre piece of land described as the heart of the Everglades and prevent the current owners from drilling for oil. Our guest on the Sunrise interview today is Keone McGee, the Democratic leader in the State House of Representatives. We'll also have your calendar of events, and our Florida Man story features a guy accused of stealing merch from more than 1,000 Walmarts nationwide. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, January 16th. A controversial bill that would force minors to get consent from their parents before having an abortion is one step closer to the floor of the state Senate. The Judiciary Committee spent more than two hours dealing with Senator Kelly Stargell's bill. This bill protects minor girls who are pregnant or are considering an abortion by involving at least one of their parent or legal guardians in that decision-making process. This bill also protects the fundamental right of parents to raise their children as they see fit without government intrusion. Finally, the bill addresses concerns raised by the Florida Supreme Court that a judicial waiver process must be available for minors under certain circumstances, such as abuse or when a waiver from parental consent is in the child's best interest. Abortion is an invasive medical procedure with risk and consequences to a girl's health. And as custodians of the child's medical history and medical information, Involving parents or legal guardians is necessary for all medical procedures. Abortion has permanent consequences, and, the floor, and Florida requires parental consent for other situations where the child's decision comes with permanent consequences, such as getting a tattoo. Minors do not have the psychological development, biological development, or emotional development to consider the long-term consequences of abortion. And adults are responsible for helping children to make mature decisions. And parents have the fundamental right over all other adults to help their children make those mature decisions. Parents also have a fundamental right to raise their children, and that includes being involved in their health care decisions and in raising their children in the matters of moral and religion. The committee room was packed as lawmakers plowed through the bill. Rachel Sabra is a med student at Florida State University. She believes the mandatory consent law will harm young women. Florida law states that a minor has a right to seek medical attention without their parents' consent for matters relating to drug addiction, prenatal care, and abortion, despite the efforts being made at the Capitol today. These exceptions are in place for a reason, to prevent a minor from being deterred from seeking essential medical care. Laws like this bill are the reason why kids sit in basements dying of alcohol poisoning because their friends are too afraid of getting in trouble to call for medical help when it is most needed. We currently allow minors to take charge of their health at the most critical moments because the alternatives are far too grim. The implementation of this bill will not lead to stronger families. It will lead to more girls dying of sepsis in the emergency room after attempting a self-administer an abortion. Nathaniel Wilcox with the Evidence Ministry says the current law is unfair to the girl's parents because they don't have to consent to an abortion. As a, as a man, I'm being told to walk away from our struggles and my responsibilities as a man and allow someone else, allow merchants of death to make decisions for me. As a black man, I am incensed. We are always told that we need to take care of our families. We need to take care of our children. We don't want to pay your bills. We want you to take care of your families. And that's right. 
But now we're being told that, well, someone else need to make decisions for my children. Someone else need to make decisions that's a life and death decision. And I'm incensed to know that people in here are asking me to give up my parental rights. We have young people in here uh, are against this bill. They don't even have children. They never raised no children. And yet and still, they're going to tell me as a grown man, 65 years old, that I need to give up my parental rights. Not a chance. Parents already have the right to be notified when their minor daughter seeks an abortion, but Kara Gross with the ACLU says consent is something else altogether. It gives parents the power to force their child to become a parent against their will. SB 404 is contrary to the will of Floridians, contrary to established precedent, contrary to the medical opinion of leading healthcare professionals and dangerous to minors. It is an undue burden on a young woman's constitutional right to determine for herself whether and when to become a parent. If a parent won't consent and the minor isn't able to go to court or isn't able to convince a judge, under this bill, that child will be forced to have a child. No child should be forced to have a child against her will. There is no greater governmental intrusion. This bill creates an absurd situation where a minor may be deemed too immature to make decisions about her pregnancy, yet mature enough to become a parent. Let's be clear. This bill has nothing to do with ensuring that a parent has knowledge of a minor's pregnancy. Florida statutes already require a physician to notify a parent prior to an abortion. There has been no evidence presented that physicians are not following current law or that parents aren't being notified. This bill actually makes it less likely that a minor will involve their parents. If a minor thinks their parents won't consent and thus they will be forced to have a child, that minor is not going to talk to their parent. It was close, but Stargill's bill cleared the Judiciary Committee on a vote of three to two. It has one more committee stop in the Senate, and a similar bill is ready for a vote in the full House. Senator Rob Bradley's bill preempting local governments from banning certain types of sunscreen clears the Rules Committee. It's now ready for the Senate floor. Florida ranks second in the nation for the highest rate of new melanoma cases. Uh, And sunscreen uh, is the first line of defense against skin cancer. Um, I, I grew up in Florida. And uh, I just recently uh, had to have a small procedure on my face because uh, some precancer developed. And uh, those of us who grew up in Florida understand that uh, how dangerous it is. Um, and that's why uh, sunscreen was developed to, to fight against skin cancer and to fight against melanoma, which is a very, very dangerous condition. Um, Unfortunately, over the the last couple of years, uh, one local government in particular and other local governments uh, are considering, one one local government has acted and other local governments are considering um, banning certain types of sunscreen. We're the sunshine state. Uh, uh, That's a part of who we are. Uh, A lot of the people who work in our state, a lot of the people who vacation in our state spend time outside. So I think it's very important uh, that we encourage, not discourage, the use of sunscreen. Bradley's not the only lawmaker dealing with melanoma. Senator Lauren Book says this is personal. It's important that we talk about the fact that Florida ranks second in the nation for new melanoma cases. While I grew up in the Sunshine State, I was the kid that used like Pam to tan because that was like the thing. Not very smart. Um, And so, you know, not a good plan. However, I also know that in the last month, my mother just had to have half of her nose removed. 
And actually in the last week, three or four people within in this process um, who have had significant um, implications of skin cancer. Bradley's bill overrides a decision by officials in Key West who decided to ban sunscreen that contains two specific chemical compounds suspected of harming coral reefs. Holly Parker-Curry with the environmental group Surfriders says reefs are too valuable to risk when there are other types of sunscreen that do not contain those chemicals. Coral reefs are immensely valuable, not only to Florida's economy generally, but particularly to the Keys and Key West. NOAA estimates that our reefs have an asset value of $8.5 billion and that they support slightly over 70,000 full and part-time jobs. They're also essential ecologically um, and for those of us who recreate and value scuba diving, snorkeling, and just appreciating wildlife. And that's why it's so important for us to consider the impacts of oxybenzone and octanoxate on coral reefs. Uh, it's a common chemical UV filter. It's present in about 70% of sunscreens. There are emerging studies that show not only the impact to coral reefs, but also to human health, that it may potentially be an endocrine disruptor and carcinogenic. Initially, consensus was that these stayed on the surface of the skin, like mineral sunscreens. Now we know that's not true, and that they're present in urine and in breast milk um, and in babies, in newborns. And so that, that is giving the uh, scientific community and the FDA pause and encouraging them to consider the impact of these ingredients on human health. But Senator Bradley is not convinced these chemicals are a danger to reefs or to human beings. We should not listen to junk science. And just because uh, a local government uh, was fooled by junk science, we did this last session with this bill. We said, Opaga, look at all this stuff. Tell us, is this junk science or is this real? And they came back and they said, the science just isn't there. And there's these red herrings about you know, the health concerns uh, of these particular, um, I call them red herrings, that's probably the wrong word to use. Um, the potential health concerns of these elements in, 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 um, in suntan lotion. Um, that's what the FDA is for, and they are reviewing it. The FDA is reviewing this, and uh, if they determine that there is something unsafe in these products, like in any product, then those, those items will be reviewed um, and, re I mean, removed uh, from sunscreen or anything else. Deborah Foote with the Sierra Club says this bill is one more example of state lawmakers thinking they know more than local officials. Sierra Club Florida is steadfastly opposed to preemption when it hampers local government's ability to protect its environment. Preemption when it's used to create a statewide standard, such as regulating air quality, is appropriate. But when preemption is used to simply do nothing, it can have harmful consequences. We continue to see the state interfering with the ability of communities to protect their environment and in the case of Key West, their most valuable economic asset, the Florida Reef. The Florida League of Cities opposes the bill because it's another example of state lawmakers preempting the authority of local government. But it sailed through the Rules Committee. The vote was 12 to 4. The Rules Committee has also given a thumbs up to Senator Travis Hudson's bill, making it legal to purchase fireworks to celebrate national holidays. Current law allows individuals to use fireworks if they are scaring birds and or fish, and they check a box under penalty of perjury to do so. This bill will allow individuals to use fireworks on specific holidays without checking that box. I believe Floridians should be able to enjoy their holidays and not be confused or discouraged by our fireworks laws. Sparklers are just about the only legal fireworks in Florida, but you can purchase just about any sort of pyrotechnics by simply signing a form that says you intend to use them for agricultural purposes. Senator Jeff Brandis says that encourages people to lie. 
fireworks law in Florida is one of the craziest laws we have on the books. We literally require you to commit fraud in order to purchase fireworks. Um, when you, if if you blow your hand off uh, in the in in using those fireworks, you actually can't. I don't believe you could sue because you committed fraud in order to purchase them uh, and utilize them. It's it's just one of the craziest laws we have on the books, and so anything we can do to to address this issue of the crazy laws we have on the books uh, as it relates to fireworks, I mean, you you can buy sparklers in Florida, that's no problem, but you can also buy mortars essentially um, if you all you have to do is sign a piece of paper that says you're using them to scare birds uh, in order to in order to acquire them. So um, I think we should look at the fireworks law simply because we shouldn't require Floridians to commit fraud in order to purchase fireworks. Hudson's bill will not eliminate the current ban on the sale of fireworks, but it would relax those regulations on holidays so you don't have to lie to buy the good stuff and celebrate the 4th of July. Senator Lauren Book told Senator Hudson the founding fathers would approve. I think that's as our our founding fathers would have wanted it. And so I understand then, under your bill, that on the 4th of July, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Memorial Day, and Independence Day, I can purchase these fireworks, and I would not have to sign a form that says I'm using these fireworks to scare birds away from my crops, as well as the pond where I also raise koi. But Memorial Day is no longer one of those holiday exemptions listed in the bill. Hudson says he removed it because the end of May is usually the height of the wildfire season, and he didn't want to make things more dangerous. The governor wants to spend more than $16 million to buy a piece of land in the heart of the Everglades that will prevent the current owners from drilling for oil. Ron DeSantis says the state has an option to buy 20,000 acres in western Broward County owned by the Cantor Real Estate LLC. Court battles have been going on for years over rights to put an exploratory oil well on that part of the property. Environmentalists are praising the agreement because it protects the water supply. That land is also home to more than 60 endangered species, including the wood stork. The state has 75 days to come up with $16.5 million. The price goes up to $18 million if they don't seal the deal by the end of June. The state is also trying to prevent separate plans to drill in the Big Cypress National Preserve, but there's no deal yet. Next up on the Sunrise Interview, we sit down with the Democratic leader of the Florida House of Representatives to talk about the idea of allowing college athletes to cash in on their fame before they turn pro, which almost sounds a bit like a contradiction in terms, don't you think? This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. The Florida Hospital Association is inviting healthcare leaders from around the state for Hospital Day in the Legislature in Tallahassee on February 3rd and 4th. The summit will include a briefing in the chamber of the Florida House of Representatives, as well as provide meeting opportunities with key legislators. Members may register online at the Florida Hospital Association site at FHA.org. Again, please register at FHA.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest interview today is House Democratic Leader Keone McGee of Cutler Bay. He's one of the lawmakers leading the charge for bills that would allow college athletes to make money off their images and likenesses without losing their athletic scholarships. Welcome to the show. Rick, thank you for having me and thank you to the listeners out there for allowing me to have this opportunity to participate in this interview. Absolutely. Now tell me, why is this so important that, that this athletic compensation be addressed? It's important because at this particular moment, there's an issue of fairness here. We're talking about uh, student athletes who are uh, in the same classrooms as uh, other students who receive scholarships, like a student there on an art scholarship. The student on an art scholarship can literally sell his or her artwork with his or her name and receive compensation, while the same student athlete, because of the NCAA's restrictions, uh, aren't allowed to participate in compensation. So even if that art student is on an art scholarship, 
they don't have the same restrictions on their scholarship that the athletes do. They do not, and 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 so that's that's when we talk about fairness. Is it fair for an art student who's in the same classroom as a student athlete to be able to sell his or her uh, products and name and image and likeness, while at the same time the the athlete uh, is is sitting in the same classroom, but there's a restriction due to the NCAA's uh, laws and rules. How did the dam break on this? Because athletes have been complaining for years. And in fact, people have been saying for years, they're semi-pros. We ought to at least pay them as semi-pros. Well, it's like, you know, and, and that's where we have to be very careful. Uh, right now, the bill essentially talks about uh, individuals whose names are being used or image or likenesses are being used. This has nothing to do with paying the actual student to play a sport. This has everything to do with what happens when a third party uh, uses the name of a college uh uh, student athlete uh, without his or her permission. And and that's where we are. Okay. So I, I understand, remember the press conference earlier, I think it was, was it November or December where the governor came out and endorsed the concept. There was talk about actually compensating all athletes, not just the, the stars, but I, I didn't hear that just now. Right. No, no. We're, we're, so what we have to do is we're, we're saying that if, if a student athlete um, name, image, or likeness is being used then that student should have an opportunity to negotiate compensation for his or her name, image, or likeness being used by a third party. That's different than a uh, paying students to play the sport. So So pay to play is not what this bill does. What the bill actually says to the third parties out there, if you're going to use the name, the image, or the likeness of one of these uh, college student athletes, you have to pretty much allow for them to negotiate the terms of that uh, compensation package. Would universities or colleges be on the hook for any of this? No, no. This You remember the, 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 the deal between, and I don't want to say deal, but the contract between a student athlete and the university slash or college, that's something totally different because that's a bonding contract pretty much where there's a scholarship being offered and a student brings his or her talent to the university or the college. We're not affecting that at all. What we're saying is to the third parties out there who would like to use the name, the image, or the likeness of these individuals, uh, student athletes, then they the student athletes should have an opportunity to participate um, in a compensation package. Now, I, I haven't run into anyone who actually opposes this idea, right. but there are two con- there are two different bills floating around, Democrat bill and Republican bill. Correct. How's that going to work out? Well, it's going to work out. It's a fairness issue. Uh, and when it comes down to um, political parties, both both sides see it the same way. When it's, when, it's, when it's about fairness, there's no debate. There's nothing to really debate about. We're talking about, um, you know, the bill that I have is House Bill 251. Essentially, that bill says we're going to start this. Uh, the, the bill starts in um, 2023. Uh, it takes effect in 2023. Um, the task force will be charged with coming up with ideas and solutions of problems and issues that we may not be able to anticipate at this moment. But the task force uh, will be able to um, help us with understanding potential problems and issues that may arise. And that's why we pushed it out to 2023, similar to what they did in California, as opposed to saying, let's start it now. You think this is going to happen this year? The concept is the concept is definitely going to happen this year. I believe so. The governor has already come out to say this is something he's going to get behind. He's pushing it. I know the, um, the uh, colleagues in the House are very much excited about this. We just recently had a workshop um, to discuss the actual concept itself of um, um, 
you know, compensation when a college athlete's name is image or likeness um, or, or being used um, for compensation. I got you. Now, segueing away from the athletics, you are the Democratic leader of the House, and that means you've got a pretty full plate right now. It's only the you know the first week of the session, but you, second day, you've been a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> it's listen, leadership is never easy, uh, you know. And 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 my form of leadership is is servant leadership, Rick. And and when you have when you when you your motto of leadership is servant leadership, your job is to not always be out in front and, and, and pulling up. Your job is to be behind and pushing out. And so when you have 47 members, uh, you know, you know, we, we, you know, when there are 47 members and we're out there fighting on behalf of the people of the state of Florida, of course, there's going to be different issues that I have to go and, and deal with and help out. But the majority of the time I'm spending a lot of my time actually making sure that the members actually um, um, are, are perfecting their 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 craft. Are there any. Actually, you know, solid Democratic bills you think are going to pass this year, or is it more a matter of keeping the Republican bills from not being quite as Republican as you would like? Well, truth of the matter is, um, and and you alluded to it, the Republicans, um, they control the governor's mansion. Um, The Republicans control uh, the Senate. The Republicans control the House. And the Republicans have a majority uh, of the cabinet. But at the end of the day, there is a, a, a level of, fight that we're going to put up, whether it's for our bills or their bills, uh, to make sure that what the people of the state of Florida are asking for comes to fruition. So whether it's uh, teacher raises, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, we're going to push as if there is no political uh, tag on it because this is something that benefits the people. Now, of course, there are going to be issues out there where Democrats line up and the Republicans line up because those are some core issues, principal issues that each side be- honestly believe believes. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to the people, uh, we usually remove the the, the political um, um, flags and say, no, this is about the people. Uh, speaking of the people, uh, women especially, Virginia passing the uh, ERA. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction? Does that add any fuel to the fire in here for Florida to do the same? Well, yeah, and and let me just say this to to the to the great people in Virginia. Um, today is a really good day uh, for for the people across this country uh, to recognize that now we there's a, there's a ratification coming, and women are, um, are are going to be what many of us have actually said for so long. Um, they're they're going to have an opportunity now to to have equal footing. And unfortunately for so long, our society has looked at women um, as if, you know, you know, they're not equal to men, which in my humble opinion is completely wrong. It, it, it dismisses everything that we know about who we are as human beings. And until we make um, this equality real between men and women, um, we're forever going to um, have to um, address this issue. But what what Virginia did today is 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 unreal in a sense that it 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 now addresses forces us to address this um this issue of um inequality that has uh, persisted for so long and pardon my ignorance but was this the last state that was needed or yep. yeah it was uh virginia was the last state that was needed so we don't have uh, to do anything in florida it's a it's a done well, deal well it's 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 not completely a done deal. Well, it, legal yeah, right. challenges. Right. right. Of course, there are going to be yeah. some legal challenges we expect to come about. Come about. But keep in mind, I also filed, Secretary of State, um, a petition that would allow for us to actually get it on um, the ballot. 
Really? Yes. And so, you know, that's, that petition is currently approved by the Secretary of State. We have our members out um, actually um, preparing to go door to door. I'll be darned. So you're not even, you're not even going to try and do this as a legislative thing. You're just going st- straight to the initiative. Yeah, we're going straight to the ballot initiative here. We believe the ballot initiative is the way out. Um, let's be absolutely let's be absolutely clear here. Um, 20, 20 plus million people in this great state of Florida, they want equality for their mothers, their sisters, uh, their grandmothers, um, their aunties, and their uncles. And honestly, uh, I just can't understand what took it so long to happen old white guys that's what it was (laughs) (laughs) but now and as an old white guy i think it's i can say that okay yeah well we're we're the ones who stopped it sorry well listen i tell you what but today is a really good day rick it is it is one of those days you know my daughter can look up now and and my wife can say wow you know something actually happened you know and 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 they were here for it to happen and but it you know but keep keep in mind we're still going to push the, the ballot initiative uh just as an insurance policy <laughs> to <Yeah>. make sure <laughs> that there's no games being played with women's rights and one question i always like to ask lawmakers who come in for the interview do you have a, a hidden talent a, a seek a, a hobby that no one knows about or, or just a skill that you think is pretty interesting and maybe people don't know about yes i do and thank you for asking that question. Um, I love to cook. Um, I'm, I'm a former high school wrestler also, so I love I loved to uh, wrestle in my off time, but um, cooking is something I love to do. What's your favorite dish? Eggs and grits. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the easiest to cook, but um, I, try, you know, I tried the potato casserole um, the other day. Um, you know, the fact that I'm still sitting here in front sitting here today uh, across from you means that uh, it worked out pretty well. And uh, my wife just called me and uh, my three children sent me a text message, which simply means that they too made out well. So at the end of the day, that potato casserole really made it out. Uh, It was really good. And I'm going to try something else when I get home. Terrific. Thank you for joining us today, Leader McGee. Thank you, Rick, for having me. And thank you to all your listeners. Your calendar of events is jam-packed in the House of Representatives today, where 13 different committees are meeting. Things are less hectic in the Senate, where there are only two committees scheduled to meet, including the all-powerful Budget Committee. The University of North Florida Board of Trustees meets at 8.30 this morning on the Jacksonville campus. The Florida Defense Support Task Force, which works to protect and expand military bases in the state, is meeting at 9 in Tallahassee. The Florida Supreme Court releases its weekly opinions at 11. Vice President Mike Pence will appear at events in Hillsborough and Osceola counties as part of Donald Trump's re-election campaign. He'll be in Tampa at 1, Kissimmee at 6. The Space Florida Board of Directors meets at 1.30 in Tallahassee to talk about Spaceport's launch and landing facility and the Spaceport Transportation. And the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Industrial Hemp Advisory Council will hold a conference call at 2, followed by a conference call by the Hemp Advisory Committee at 4. And it's time once again for the continuing adventures of Florida Man, who just seems to have a thing for Walmart. A Florida man accused of stealing more than a million dollars from Walmart stores is busted after a routine traffic stop in the panhandle. When they ran his name through the computer, deputies discovered 25-year-old Thomas Rudiker is wanted in Arizona on charges of fraudulent schemes and trafficking in stolen property. And he's already on felony probation. Investigators believe he stole $1.3 million worth of merchandise from a grand total of more than 1,000 Walmart stores nationwide. He's now awaiting extradition in the Washington County Jail. 
That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. Join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.